Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 191 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of December 5th, 2023. Happy International Ninja Day. Wow. Okay. Glad that's a thing. Donna, it just always sneaks up on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Additionally, happy birthday to Walt Disney, who was born December 5th in 1901. Coming up on today's show, Hatbox Ghost has materialized at the Haunted Mansion. World Celebration will open on December the 5th. And in our main segment... Today. Today, as we record. And in our main segment, we discuss Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays. This is the Circus 71 Podcast. Donna, on to the news. Relatively- and there's a lot of news this week, Jamie. Yeah. Which is funny, because I was just going to say, not a lot of news this week. (laughs) Fantastic. um, Something has materialized at the Haunted Mansion. Yes, this past Thursday, uh, as we're recording this, November the 30th, Hattie, the Hatbox Ghost, has... That's not his official title, I just called him that. Um, Mm. The Hatbox Ghost has finally materialized in the Haunted Mansion at the Magic Kingdom. And as we have previously speculated, basically confirmed, um, it is right, he is located right after the endless hallway scene where the former um, Donald Duck chair was um, located. Have you had a chance to, to see the Hatbox Ghost, Jeff Donna? We were there, let's see, Sunday evening, and Hatbox came in on Thursday when we were at Universal Orlando. So did you did you ride? On Sunday, prior to it being installed, we did. Then it was installed on Thursday while we were at Universal Orlando, Focus Grasshopper. I was thinking today was Monday. I don't know if you know, I had a chili cook-off for the Eagles tonight, so my stomach's a little upset. I think it's affecting my brain. Um, sure, we'll go with that. So um, so you have not <laughs> had the opportunity to see the Hatbox Ghost in person yet. That is correct. But what would they say? Would that be like in ghost? I don't know. In ghost in, in ghost form? In, in, I don't know. Yeah. So, nevertheless, I don't know. In the pictures, it's really interesting to me. Because you have the endless hallway, which is red, and then it, it's immediately like a blue color. Like it's a weird kind of contrast between those two colors. But I'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see it in um, person. Speaking of which, did you read? I don't think I got to tell you this. The other addition to the haunted mansion that came about out of nowhere. Well, wouldn't all ghosts come out of nowhere, Jamie? It's not a. Uh, no, not a ghost, actually. All right, continue. So in the attic scene, there is a new... No, I don't know how big it is. I, sh- I should say that. Um, but a figure that is originally from... Um, it's, it's a nod to a, and a, fa- a famous Imagineer called Raleigh Crump, which you may have heard of him before. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So he, um, for Disneyland's Haunted Mansion designed a bunch of different things and Walt over the course of a weekend said, why don't we do this as a pre-show for, and we're going to call it, I shouldn't say pre-show, but almost like an extended queue area, the museum of the weird. Okay. And and one of the 
Um, it never came to be, but one of the creations that Crom came up with was a wax candle that melted into the form of a person. So like a okay. wax candle man. That candle or a candle with the same figurine or shape was recently placed into the haunted mansion. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't see if I, I don't even know if I have an article about this. It came about a couple of weeks ago. Um, figure haunted mansion. I don't even know what to call the thing, but yeah. Um, I know it's in the scene. Raleigh. Crump, oh, I just passed it. There we go. Raleigh Crump's Candleman in on Haunted Mansion at come up and I'm going to just put this Donna, so if you're able to pull this up you, you could actually see what I'm talking about. I put it in as number okay. four there. Um, as you come into the attic it is located behind ah. the um, almost like a suit of armor. So I think it's a smaller figurine on like a uh, an end table. I guess you could say. Yeah, that's what it looks like in the picture. So, but yeah, it's a nod to Raleigh Crump, um, who was also responsible, I believe, for the um, Donald Duck chair. Jamie, it's kind of cool when you scroll down in the article that you uh, linked in our in our document, the sketch there, how it looks so, so, so similar to what ended up being the final product. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% right. So... This uh the prop oh the candleman that's what they call it um so yeah that I didn't get to to share that with you but I thought that was um super interesting and we just talked last week about Liberty Square and all the cool little nods so and it's neat neat's not the right word uh, um kind well timed a nice nod I don't know the polite way to say this Raleigh Crump passed away this year. In March, so this is a kind of a nice tribute. I think would be the best best phrase, best word there to use to him and all of his contributions to the to the company to have this then in that attraction. Yeah, and apparently, I I, I had um, it was ninety three at the time it was passing uh, when Walt came up with this idea for the the um, Museum of the Weird. He came into Raleigh on uh, Monday morning and was like yelling at him. He said, I was up all weekend trying to figure out an idea for all your crazy things. Um, so it was a really cool uh, story that I had heard about that. So, yeah, that was added um, without any real fanfare. It just kind of appeared. But um, I like those little kind of nods, especially to a, a famous, as you said, Disney legend and Imagineer Raleigh Crump. Yeah, agreed. So, all right, Donald, let's raise the roof. <laughs> you know, it's a slow day in news. A, when there's three whole stories, and B, when we are talking about a covered seating area being added near the Harambe Market at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I will say, um, having covered um, true <laughs> roof, what? Covered. Huh. covered seating. Yes. True. No, that's what I, it's what I, whatever. True roof above your head as opposed to tarps above your head. You know, the ability for them to install hopefully some fans or something like that to circulate air um, is a good thing. 
anywhere in the parks, especially at Animal Kingdom, that just for some reason feels 10 degrees hotter than any of the other parks during, during the hotter months. Um, but in any case, they're adding that kind of between the area that has the three little dining areas um, right there in the Harambe market. So I think it'll be pretty nice. What are you making a face at? No, no, because I'm trying to, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to try actually ask you, I'm trying to figure out where this structure is actually going. Like if I'm facing that entryway where it says Harambe market, it's to the left. Is that correct? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Where, where before it was just like some like tarps here and there uh, to give you a little bit of shade. Okay. If I'm if I'm picturing this correctly. Oh wait, actually, is it across the way? I don't know. I can't picture where this thing actually may be. Well, if it's situated between Tamu Tamu Zuri Sweet Shop and the Harami Market, it has to be over there to the left. Yeah, maybe unless it unless it's directly across from that entryway, but I don't know. You just can't figure it out. But either way, it's nice that they're adding more covered seating. And I, I wish they would get going and <laughs> finish that area next to uh, Woody's Lunchbox. Oh, gosh. I mean, they just need so much there, but that's beside the point. Yeah. But and this is another area very similar to Woody's Lunchbox in that like seating during busier seasons, not that easy to come by. Well, especially, and I think that this addresses part of that need, covered seating. Like, who wants to sit out in the blazing sun? I'll never forget the time. And it wasn't um, at either of the locations you just named. It was actually you guys were eating freaking Ronto Roast or whatever the hell you were eating um, in Star Wars. And you, I remember you texting saying you were, like, in the absolute blazing sun trying to sit and enjoy a meal. And you couldn't even think straight. Oh, yeah. That may have even been for... Oh no no you're um yeah that was probably docking bay seven because we had to go outside. There you go. Um, but I think part of the original Harambe market does have an actual roof. I think there's that one section off to the right, if I remember Correct. correctly. Yeah. So, but expanded seating, and it looks like it's going to be themed, which is nice. So, it's a win-win. For sure. So, all right. Speaking of wins on our crystal ball series, yes. World Celebration Gardens and Walt the Dreamer statue debuting at Epcot on December the fifth, as we have um, released or will be releasing this uh, recording. No announcement yet about Communicore Hall, um, which is the area that is going to be the the the, i want to say dance party but that's not right like the music plaza um some sort of uh showcase kitchen and i think there was one other thing some bar or something that was supposed to be there um i don't think and and i'll speak for donna here i don't think that's opening december 5th because that is not mentioned at all um so basically you're looking at the center spine um, with the gardens and the Walt statue, Dreamers Point, and tree. <laughs> I mean, Donna, this is, you know, we, we were a little joking earlier, um, but I mean, this is big news. This is four years in the making here. 
Yeah. Four years, Jamie. Yeah. Four long, like, I mean, at, at first I was laughing when Jamie said it was the fifth because we have plans to be at Epcot um, as we sit here recording on Sunday evening tomorrow, the, the fourth. Um, so it's, it's ironic, um, but also a little bit humorous that, you know, all this is going to be happening in the fifth and you fire show, yada, blah, blah. Um, but it, it's crazy to me to think about how long those walls have been up. Jamie, I guarantee you, Anthony does not remember Epcot without the walls up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, not not to raise you, but I don't think Peyton may never have been there without without walls up. Well, That's probably I, what I'm you were thinking. Take it a step further and say she may not have been born. It's possible because I'm trying to think of when Fountain of Nations would have closed. It would have been sometime in 2019, unless it was August. Maybe it was August, like right after she was born. We went the last day. When it, the last day that it was open, because I loved that. I loved sitting there at Fountain View Restaurant, like the whole nine yards. I'm still bitter as all get out that they got rid of that. I think it stood for so much that Epcot stands for. Don't get me started again. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what month it was. I just know that we were there for sure. Um, and I remember it being fairly pleasant weather, but hello, Florida. That could be any of the 12 months out of the year. Yeah. Um... That's something that I want us to do during our next top five and five or whatever series. I want to do um, top five biggest mistakes Disney's ever made. And Fountain Nations and the Epcot Spine has to be on that list. Well, don't forget uh, in a couple of shows we have our Stupid Judy Awards. Uh, is it possible to have a Stupid Judy Award for the same event four years in a row? <laughs> I mean, it's our show. We do what we want. We do what we want. That's true. I, I mean, you know what else we should? I, I, I did want to. Spend, oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I did want to spend a minute talking about specifically the Walt statue and Dreamers Point. Talk about something that seemingly was completely budget cut again, and looks nothing like the concept art that they had rolled out. Oh, no kidding. I mean, it's just so bizarre. I mean, even when it was on display at, at whatever it's called now, Destination D23, it, it had its own little little podium and pedestal. And now off on he's on some off-centered bench. Ah. You know, it's a shame. I, I like the concept. Of Dreamer's Point with the Walt statue and and I the off center benches for the photo ops, Jamie. Come on. Yeah, but why is it off centered? So you can stand on the one side of it. Yeah, but it's way off to the other side. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a third of the way to to the left. Like it's super weird with Spaceship Earth. Like the framing of the photos, way way. It's not like off by a foot or two. It's like fifteen to the left. Well, there you go. But I just, I don't have an issue with the Walt statue in and of itself, but I really liked that backside of Spaceship Earth area, that grass that they had. I always found that to be really pretty. And they had the, um, is that where they always put the butterfly topiaries to? They had a big butterfly yeah. topiary, I think. It wasn't standing up. It was always laying down in the planter bed. Okay. All right. I, I'm almost positive. I, I could be wrong. Um, I think I was wrong in like 92 about something, but nevertheless, um, I, I'm almost positive that was there. Okay. 
Um, and it was I like I enjoyed it. I thought it was really pretty. And and this is like, yeah, they added a lot more trees and greenery, but you took away greenery and put concrete in that area. You took away the fountain, which was loved for mm-hmm. what? I, I just I like I said. I think this that spine area because you can you can make the case that it was you know, pandemic cut and, you know, pandemic, 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 you still could have done it. You know, the pandemic doesn't mean you didn't have to do it or, or whatever. It was a choice. Um, so that that's, I would say, a little bit disappointing. But I'm glad you did mention, too, that Luminous, the Symphony of Us, will also debut on Tuesday. Woohoo! Although I will say, Jamie, we've heard them testing a couple of different nights as we've been up too late recently. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think that they're perfecting it as best they can because I don't think they want another harmonious. And to that point, and I was going to make that point as well. I think they know they have to hit this. Maybe not a home run, but it's got to connect way better than harmonious did. Um, otherwise, at this point, they should just bring back Illuminations. I mean, seriously, like that would be the only thing they could do to salvage. Yeah. Oh, and you know, <laughs> one other thing I forgot, sorry, about Communicore Hall, that will also be the permanent Mickey and Friends meet and greet space. Right. So that's not ready yet, either. Shocker. <laughs> Again, four plus years. So, but I'm going to count it as a win because they're saying World Celebration is opening on December the 5th. Woo! <laughs> Did you, you had something else you were going to add? Uh, I don't think so. No? Okay. So that's it for housekeeping? 17 whole minutes of it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Donald. Let's go ahead, take a quick break, and we will be back with a look at Epcot's International Festival of the Holidays. All right, Donna, main segment this week, all about the 2023 Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. And I also, Donna, would be a little remiss if we didn't mention that today is, as we're recording this on December the 5th, Walt Disney's birthday. Yes, correct. And also the opening date for most of the the spine here at Epcot. As well as Luminous, the Symphony of Us. So the reason that uh, we're recording here, which is unusual for us to record on a Tuesday morning when the show goes out on Tuesday, but the reason we're doing this is because my family actually had the opportunity to go over to Epcot last night and experience part of the International Festival of the Holidays. So Jamie and I thought that, you know, knowing that we were going on Monday evening, it was wise to kind of wait until this morning here to get some of our... um, thoughts out. Uh, I got some notes from Andrew as well. I have a festival passport in my hands and we just figured we kind of chat through what we saw and what we know is coming. I like it. You want to kick things off? Um, talk about some of the basic uh, in the passport, the fun for kids of all ages section. <laughs> sure. Whatever makes you happy, Jamie, because you are a kid of all ages. Uh, that is true. Um, back this year is the holiday cookie stroll. Um, which we did last year, Donna, which actually was a lot more enjoyable. And we've kind of done these, um, I think last year may have been the first one that we've actually done. 
and since then have done them with like flower and garden, the garden grays and things like that. Um, and I, the, the one with Remy at food and wine or a meal, a meals, Ramage, frittage, mm. or something. um, a lot more fun than I would have thought. I have to say. I mean, we're also talking about the person who can't go to a festival without doing the hide-and-seek, which, by the way, Anthony found three of the Olafs last night and is begging me to take him back so that we could do the whole darn thing. Good. I'm glad by that. The Olaf mm-hmm, sure Expedition Expedition Scavenger Hunt. Although I will yeah. say, a couple of the places, it literally looked like they pulled Remy off and plopped Olaf on. Oh, that's a shame. Although, and I've said this before in the past, I'm glad they went with the Olaf, like, a, a figure, because they used to have, like, really bad, bad ones that were super, super, dip, those uh, wreaths that they had with, um... Oh. Um, oh, uh, the Chipmunks, Donna, help me. Uh, Chippendale? Chippendale, yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm a little frazzled this morning, but, um, yeah, I think this is much, much better, and... You have to tell me how you like it. I mean, it, Anthony now enjoys it, so it's kind of going to be a thing now, uh, at least for a little bit here. But it, it was fun to see him get super excited. Mama, 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 look, 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 I got an all an off. Let's find more. And I was like, all right, bud, we got, we got stuff to do tonight. The main purpose of our visit yesterday was to try to see the candlelight processional. So our family made the choice, as Jamie knows this year, but I don't think we talked about it on podcast, to not purchase a um, candlelight processional dining package. Reason being, um, the, the the food options aren't necessarily things that we would would go for and enjoy. I refuse, just out of principle, to eat at Garden Grill until they put something besides chicken back on the menu. Uh, Ten years ago, the first time I dragged, actually, this came up on Facebook Memories yesterday, Jamie. Did you see it? When we took you and, and Val to your first time at Garden Grill? I had been there before. So it was just Val's first time? Probably, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, 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 it had been years. I hadn't been there in a really long time. Okay, because I know it said something about, maybe it said Val's first, first time at Garden Grill or something. But that was when they used to have a really great fish on the family-style yeah. platter. And then they took the fish away, and then there was, you know, a nice turkey that they put in. Okay, great. The turkey was really good. Now they've taken that away, and you're paying a poop ton of money for chicken and, like, mooing beef that I would never touch. <laughs> And Donna means that literally in the how it's cooked, not that she was censoring herself cursing. Oh, good point, Jamie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, she really doesn't like the beef. No, 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 no. It just, it's really not well cooked, in my opinion, because I'm not someone who eats things, anything but well done. Yeah, I, I can get away sometimes with medium, medium rare. But the one when I think it was actually when, when we went with you guys, it was like borderline bleeding. And I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. So in any case, um, that, that would be the meal that we would would have most enjoyed, but I refuse to go until they have more than just chicken, mooing chicken, Jamie. <laughs> Don, that... although, Donna, I'm pulling up the, the, um, the menu for dinner. They do have turkey and steak. Have they added the turkey back? Um, yeah, the, I think they pulled the chicken. Okay, because I, had, I was under the impression that turkey was still off the menu because of the nationwide shortage of turkey. It's at least it's listed on the, the Disney World menu. Um, they have turkey and steak, and the chicken is not there, ironically enough. Well, the chicken had subbed for the turkey because of the quote nationwide shortage. So they must have put the turkey. And personally, I'd rather have the chicken over the turkey, but nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah. 
in any case, that would be the only one. We did enjoy our meal uh, last year that we did for Candlelight at um, Rose and Crown. But, Jamie, we just felt like it was too much food. So I know that part of what you're paying for is, you know, the the, the bigger price fix menu and getting the Candlelight seats. But none of us finished our meals. We just felt like it was a lot of wasted food. And so... Therefore, this year we decided, okay, we are going to go over early. We are going to try to do same day uh, packages at Regal Eagle. So, you know, Jamie and I hadn't read anything to the contrary about, you know, you just get there pretty early, blah, 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 blah. When we got there, there was a booth set up, Jamie, right outside of the American Adventure uh, toward the walkway. But it said Candlelight Processional Information. I've never, I've never okay. seen a booth like that before. So that was one thing I wanted to make sure to point out to you and also to, to our listeners. Yeah. And they had three cast members in that thing and they were just talking to each other. And I walked up and like, you know, I'm not one to usually rip on Disney cast members, but they were more interested in talking to each other than talking to me. Uh, that I'm not, I don't like that. So finally I said, excuse me. And two of them looked at me. The third one, like looked down at the tablet that they were holding. I'm like, okay. So I said, can you please tell me, is there any same-day availability left for Regal Eagle? And the one girl, like, literally laughed. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And she told me, for what it's worth, and again, we're talking about a cast member who may or may not have been, you know, the, the best. But she told me that people were getting there at park opening and queuing up outside of Regal Eagle, waiting for it to open in order to do the same-day availability. Uh, maybe. I mean, that just seems so odd. Because when does that open? 11? Mm -hmm. right? I mean... Maybe 10.30. I think some of the quick services open at 10.30 see, for I, lunch. My, my problem with that line of thinking, if people are doing that, is if you're going to do two hours there, why not just do two hours in standby? I, I, I don't... That makes no sense to me. Maybe they figure with... For those folks that don't know, when you have a dining package, you get let into the theater before anyone who has standby. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. So in any case, um, it ended up that right around four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> we joined the standby line, which at that point in time was, Jamie, if you're if you're looking toward the Italy pavilion, right at your back would be the Tuscany now permanent but outdoor kitchen area. Okay. So that's where we were at that point in time. So we weren't even in like the queue part. That's how far back we were at four o'clock in the afternoon for a 515 show. Okay. Um, so a cast member came by to their credit. They were, they were communicating well. And they said, you know, I saw them talking to like every couple of families, you know, and when she got back toward where I was, she was like, okay, folks, like right now you are in the line for the 515, but you know, it's, it's more likely you're going to be waiting here for the seven o'clock show. And like people started to groan. And then she got a couple families behind me and she wasn't even saying the thing about 15. She was like, you were in line for the seven o'clock show, blah, 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 blah. So, so they were, were doing a border person. Correct. So they were doing a good job communicating. They even had, um, like, you know, like the clicker to count yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were even counting, you know, saying to folks, like, okay, how many people are in your group? Because they also did a really good job of saying that not everyone needs to stand in this line until 445. At 445, everyone in your party had to then join the line. But they were counting as they were coming through a little bit after four, asking how many people would be in your party. That's well done. I, we should give them props for that. I mean, we're talking about me making my seven-year-old wait in that line or my parents who have mobility issues. Like, you know? Yeah. So in that sense, yes, I was very pleased with that. That it was, I stood in line for my family for a good chunk of time. Um, 
and then the, the line did start to move a little a little bit after 445 say probably about 450 we started to move which means that the other side probably started moving the dining plan side probably did start moving at 440 or 445 okay um so we started moving at about 450 and we'd move in chunks and then we'd stop and move in chunks and we'd stop and we got to one point and i saw a cast member throw their arms up and make like a big x with their arms and i was Ooh, like and your heart and that's it so at that point in time i sent the rest of my family i was like guys go sit like that's it like we we the guest the cast member put up his arms like it's it was like 5 12 it was whenever i texted you jamie and said yeah. like you know getting in at four apparently doesn't get you in or getting in line at four apparently doesn't get you in for the five fifteen. so i sent them back to go grab a table because you know we were kind of thinking like you know what are they going to do while i'm waiting <laughs> for this seven o'clock show and like when are we going to eat it's like because I, I said it like as long as someone brings me food like i'm good like i'm fine to stand like it's no big deal so we're kind of talking through that and then the line starts to move again and i was like oh moo <laughs> picked up my phone called andrew and i was like get up get up get up walk over walk over walk over walk over and literally as the 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 orchestra is playing they're like how many in your party and i said it's me and my family's right there they're right there and they were like your family was supposed to be with you and i was like i understand i'm sorry i'd sent them away but they're right here they move the rope they let the four of them in anthony's like what's going on i thought we didn't make the show I'm like no no we're good we're good we're good they sit us in the very last chunk of seats in the very last row of the theater. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we made it, we made it, we made it. And then they open up a rope. And Jamie, if I tell you they had seating for another 100 people, I don't think I'm kidding. So they literally opened up a rope and they said, like, anyone who just was seated, if you want to move forward, go ahead. So we quickly got up and, like, shuffled, like, 10 rows forward and then slid in because they were just asking everyone to slide in. And then they probably filled in, like, 100 people behind us. That's bizarre. It was super weird. And especially, like, I, again, I'm going back to the, the communication that they had. And I know you'd always rather su pleasantly surprise people than disappoint them. But truly, maybe, like, maybe 10, maybe 15 people behind me, they were saying, you were in line for the 7 o'clock show. And there's no way that those folks wouldn't have been within that group let in. Right. Huh. So who was the... Um narrator i don't think you got to mention that yet very good point so we got the opportunity to see john stamos and we've seen a bunch of narrators over the years stamos was phenomenal the poor man um sounded hoarse because you could tell he was so passionate with his his readings the the previous night um he played the sweetest little video that he had on his cell phone. He's like, so, you know, some of you might know that I have a five-year-old son. And, you know, I was asking him a few nights ago when we first got here, you know, how I should introduce myself and how I should start the show. He's like, so I figure I should just let him give his answer. So he, Stamos pulls out his cell phone, hits play on this video. So obviously where we were sitting, we couldn't see the video, but we could hear his son very clearly. The little boy is so sweet. And he was like, you need to tell them that your name is John Stamos and you have a wife and her name is, insert name here, and you love her very much but you love your son, insert name here, the most. And we love you so much, daddy. And we're so proud of you. And we're so excited. And you need to tell everybody how much you love us. And everyone starts roaring, laughing, and cheering. So oh, that's fantastic. Super, super sweet. And then he got everyone, um, or at least everyone sitting near me, teary-eyed. He started talking about Bob Saget and about how some of his fondest memories at Disney we're taping the two-part episode that they did at Disney World for Full House, and how, mm -hmm, and how the three of them had walked around in like ridiculous, like adult jammy onesies, like after they finished taping, and were like bouncing around the park like idiots. Um, and he was talking about how 
to him, the holidays mean, you know, spending time with those you love and how he was so sad that this year he wouldn't get to do that with someone he loved so much being Bob Saget. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that's a really cool story. Yeah. He, he was getting really choked up. And like I said, there, uh, there were a lot of people tearing up, you know, around just thinking about like, it's true. I mean, we all, Jamie, we're, we're 37. And just last night I was texting you that someone who we graduated with died like at, thir right. at 37. So it, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, people who are not here. My godfather passed away, you know, but between last Christmas and this Christmas. So when you think about people who aren't here with you at Christmas time, it is, it is sad. So for him to, to, to point that out as, you know, not, not to make people sad, of course, but to make people thankful for, for the time they do have with the people who are, are there, you know, it's a powerful statement. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's awesome. So he was phenomenal. I would go out of my way to see him again. Yeah. You figure, I mean, with his, his, personal love for Disney. He would be good. Um, last year, I think I mentioned, we saw um, Raul Esparza, the guy who plays um, uh, Barba, or played Barba on uh, Law and Order SVU, and, and we're big SVU people, and he was fantastic. Like, he was awesome. Really would have... I wish he came back, um, but they don't have him this year, but... You know, it's 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 really cool, and I think makes it even more special. I mean, Candlelight Professional in and of itself is beautiful, but when you have that narrator that just bumps it up a little bit to that extra level is really, really cool. I agree. Um, so I lost my place because I was looking at the menu. <laughs> um, just trying to see any of the other. Did you do any of the, like, uh, entertainment, storytellers? So our night truly ended up consisting of of Candlelight Processional because of the, the standby. And then right afterwards, I literally put in a mobile order. Um, the second my butt hit the, the seats, I was like, okay, everyone's going to rush out of here and over to Regal Eagle. So I put in a mobile order for Regal Eagle. And then when, you know, the, the last song plays and everyone stands, or the second to last song, I guess, plays, and everyone stands up. I hit, we're here. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm not playing this game. Um, so then we had dinner and then Anthony, my dad got in his ear about wanting to see the American adventure, uh, which we've never taken him to because it's 29 minutes of American adventure. So me and did American adventure after dinner and then we had promised him Remy. So we did Remy and then we, we headed out of the park. So our day truly did consist of candlelight processional and one or two other things. Um, I will tell you that Andrew and I were laughing because we've been watching um, the Santa Clauses on Disney plus. I don't know if you and Val or the kids have caught oh, that. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. We may be an episode or two behind. I think we are too, but um, they have the, the story of La Bufana, the friendly Christmas witch in Italy. And Andrew was like, darn it, we need to see La Bufana. So we, we did like, we talked about, you know, when we're, what we're going to do when we go back. Cause it certainly will not be our only visit um, over. It just might be my, our only one, you know, waiting and standby and everything like that, trying to, to get in for candlelight. Um, but I will tell you, Jamie, the whole place looks beautiful. We spent some time in the France Pavilion, while Anthony, my dad, and Andrew did Remy, my mom and my mom does not do Remy, so my mom and I just sat and talked, and just sitting where we were sitting, like everything just looked so beautiful. The street lights had, like the lamps had, you know, gar lighted garland going up them. The France Pavilion, even inside the shops, was decorated. Were you just more towards the, the OG part of France, or were you more? Yes. So okay. we we sat right before you would enter down the walkway to get gotcha. into the newer area. So we yeah, could see the really sky on our station. Area. 
Mm -hmm. So, but everything looks beautiful. We had really favorable weather. It was, it was warm, but not too warm. And then once the sun set, you know, you just put a light jacket on and you were good. But again, we're Floridians. Jamie would have been sweating. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, everything, everything looks beautiful. The decorations were were super, super, super on point. Um, I definitely look forward to going back. We were looking through some of the the festival guidebook and some of the, the newer places, the swirled showcase with a Mickey shaped liquid nitro cake. I mean, come on, Anthony, going to lose his mind over that <laughs> no that's awesome i was just trying to see if there was anything else in the you know we've talked about the holiday kitchens and things like that before but nothing i don't think anything other um you know significant which is awesome but you're right i mean the holidays at and i, I talk about my favoritism towards um hollywood studios and how it's decorated mm-hmm. for the holidays I mean, Epcot is is beautiful as well. And it always amazes me, like, just thinking about where they store. Like, I mean, there's garland (laughs) in in the France shop, you know, and and things like that. It's like, where does all this go when it comes down? In that warehouse by our house. But is that property-wide or is that specific? That was the only thing I couldn't, because I mean, the the sheer amount of decorations across all the parks and. But it says holiday services, the building. Yeah, maybe. I didn't know, like, I mean, just keeping that organized, like, okay, this is this specific garland that goes here, you know, I need to do that tour. Did Did they ever bring that back? So that was, I mean, we're not going to go into this on the podcast, but that was what we were supposed to be able to do when you guys joined DVC and then COVID happened and they said, here's a gift card instead. It was like a quarter of the value. Oh, 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 you're right. You're right. I don't know if that ever came back though. Well, like so many other things, Jim. Yeah. Well, it's a good lead into when we do uh, crystal ball again. Fair. Um, but no, I mean, I, oh, you know what, Jamie, the one other thing I wanted to point out, which is silly, but I really like the look of this year's passport, the colors, they just seem more like Christmassy, um, with like a a nice dark maroon and some gold on there. But I do have to say to you what I said to you when we were starting to record. And apparently this little guy is from the new movie wish, but folks, if you have seen, Uh, if you have seen the, um, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie, which hello, it's a staple in this house. This star illustration, image, animation, whatever you want to call him on the front of this, which again is apparently from the movie Wish, looks so much like the star that was obsessed with death and dying in the Super Mario Brothers movie in the the cage um, with Bowser's minions. So I just looked at it and like did like a double take. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, so it just it just cracked me up. But I really do like the look of this book. Even the back of it is super, super cute. And they have um like a present, they have some um like a candy jar with a gingerbread man in it, they have some poinsettias. It's just I just think it's a really classy and classic look to the book this year. Yeah, and ironically enough, not a lot of your red and green. Like it's it, like you said, more of a maroon gold. Um mm-hmm. I think the logo itself is actually quite pretty too. Yeah. On the front cover for, for Festival of the Holidays. So very cool. Always a pretty time if you're able to uh, to go down. For 
for sure. And again, you know, Jamie and I have gone back and forth. And I think it's so funny because during the festival, I'm always like, this one's my favorite. The only time I don't say that is during food and wine because it's just so darn long. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, this one's my favorite. This one's my favorite. And then, you know, Festival of the uh, Arts will start. Oh, I love this one. This one's my favorite. I love the singing. <laughs> it's always funny. But I truly do believe when push comes to shove that this would still remain as my favorite festival at Epcot. I don't know. I love, there's something about Flower and Garden. For me, it's between Flower and Garden and Festival of the Holidays. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jamie, anything else to add before we wrap it up? No. All good. All right. So, guys, uh, next week we are going to jump into Adventureland and do a deep dive there. We have two more lands. We've got Adventureland and Frontierland left to discuss. Um, and then we're going to wrap up the year with our stupid Judy Awards. So if you have been dozing off during the last few episodes, <laughs> make sure you're paying attention to the last one of the year because it's one of our favorites with those stupid Judy, Judy Awards. We hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you real soon. Hey, Jimmy.